It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our Derby County podcast. It's Black and White. This is episode 14. I'm Chris Watson and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson. Steve, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Just the two of us uh, yeah, today. Yeah, just is, the two um, of us. Johnny John... Bennell's d- deserted us and gone, yeah. uh, gone on holiday. Johnny's gone on holiday, which uh, in the season is... I uh, can't quite understand people having holidays in the season, but he's, uh, he's young and he's got lots to learn. <laughs> well, we'll press on without him anyway. Hope you're having a great time, Johnny. I'm sure you'll be listening to this at some point. But... Uh, um, I mean, in recent weeks we've been uh, we've been talking about wins and, and Derby's unbeaten run. Obviously, that that came to an end on Saturday at Pride Park as uh, as Derby went down four two to Reading. And um, just uh, just sum it up for us. Steve. Well, it was. Uh, I think it's strange, isn't it? Because uh, we've talked about this. The worst thing to do before an international break is to lose at home. I feel we we spoke about this. Uh, They'd had two really good away wins at Norwich and Leeds, and then they lost at home. Actually, had they lost one of the games at Norwich and Leeds and won the home game, yeah. I'm sure the feeling would be completely different. But unfortunately, we now got a stew for two weeks on a very, very poor home performance. I think it's... One or two fans have asked me, is it the worst performance or was it the worst performance under Gary Rowett? I think we've got to remember the 4-0 defeat at Brentford in April, which was dire. You know, I mean, they got absolutely taken apart that day. Uh, This, I thought, wasn't as bad as that, but it it was bad. And I think the thing that really caught everybody by surprise uh, was how slow and sluggish Derby were in those opening few minutes. And and basically... Really, they lost the game by conceding twice inside 13 minutes. And uh, we always felt that the two of us, having sat through the, the kind of week, as it were, and the wins at Norwich and the win at Leeds, that it was a dangerous game for Derby. Uh, and I would have taken seven points from the nine before kickoff against Reading. I'd have taken a draw. Uh, but we didn't expect it, did we, to, to start the way it did? No, it was just it was the nature of it, really. It, it was a shame as we said because you've got to remember the the run that they've been on and the and the great results that they they got at, at Norwich and Leeds and then of course they come come back home uh, to Pride Park in front of 25,000 people and and uh, and it all goes wrong and and I mean they you know they kept going to the end they got a couple of goals back but the damage uh, the damage had been had been done far too early. Yeah, I mean, the first two goals, you know, were, were very very poor. You know, set piece. I mean, I think Gary Rout told me afterwards that it's the first time they've conceded from a set piece this season. Right. Uh, I've not actually checked that, but if but if Gary says that, that, that that's 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 correct. Uh, but yeah, uh, ball into the box, fifth uh, flick on, and then a, a header. I think uh, Moore kind of got above Craig Forsyth and, and buried his header. Poor goal to concede, and then uh, second one, really well worked goal from Reading's point of view. But too many Derby players waving their foot aimlessly uh, at the ball with 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 poor attempts to make a challenge. I know it's difficult these days because when when a player is in the box, no one wants to go near him because any touch and the player goes down, you run the risk of 
of conceding a penalty. But if you don't do anything, if you stand off, then then what will happen is what happened with the Luco and uh, played a lovely one-two with with Swift, who's a, a talented footballer as we know, yeah. and he buried his finish. So two nil down uh, at that stage. But you know, before that, of course, they'd had the blow of uh, of losing Richard Keogh. I was just going to say about that. I mean, um, yeah, Derby lost their skipper. I think in the eighth minute, he limped off um, with a with a thigh injury. Um, and he knew he knew straight away something something was wrong, and he, he was waving to the bench, um, and, and obviously couldn't continue. So he was replaced by by Alex Pearce, and, and I mean the first goal went in um, virtually virtually straight away after after he went off, and I, I think that's got to have affected them. Oh yeah, I, I mean if you lose your skipper and and arguably your best defender, and and again I hope I hope Richard coming off on. Saturday, kind of put to bed this kind of nonsense uh, that surrounds Richard as far as his critics go because he's been very consistent again this season. You know, he he is, uh, and, and I think it showed on on Saturday how they missed him. Now, it's nothing against Alex Pierce coming on or, or indeed Curtis indeed. Davis, but Richard, you know, he, he's different defender to those two. You know, he, he kind of always puts himself on the line, puts his body on the line, and also. As far as bringing the ball out, you know, he drives forward with the ball, which immediately puts the opponents on the back foot. And, and that's not Alex's game, Alex Pierce, and that's not Curtis Davis's game either. You know, you can see them, they're on the ball, but they really want to give it to someone else. Where Richard takes responsibility and drives forward. So, I, I, I mean, it's, it's really easy to say they missed him, but, but I, I think they did miss him. I, I'd agree, and, and it's interesting because we spoke to Curtis Davis in the build-up to the game. And it was actually interesting. Him, he was talking about his partnership with, with Richard, and basically saying, you know, you can get all the ind- individual plaudits that you want, but in, but as a centre back pairing, he said it's all about the partnership. The partnership is what makes it. Um, and we obviously saw Derby had to play most of the game without Richard Keogh, and then unfortunately for Curtis Davis, um, his mistake led to yeah. led to the third goal. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, that, that was a, that was an interesting period of the game because. We, as you know, we, we chat during, during games as well, and uh, we were talking at half time about you know if Derby can score that third goal, and, and that's often important in games. That third goal, if they can get that third goal and bring it back to two one, I thought that the whole dynamic of the game would would have changed. You know, Reading would have got very nervous, Derby would have been lifted, uh, but just as they were trying to build a head of steam, you know, Curtis Davis plays a, pa- a pass blind, uh, and and. Uh, Reading get their third goal, a very much a gift. We have to say, uh, a rare mistake from Curtis Davis. He, again, he's been very consistent also. Uh, and and then of course, Reading were catching Derby at will on the break really, and should have scored more goals than, than the four they got. Uh, but you know, a lot of talk has been about well, how can how can Derby go from playing like they did at Leeds to to starting like they did at Reading against Reading. Uh, Couple of things in that. One, the Leeds game. I think the final half hour actually colours the performance of Derby because for an hour it was it was pretty average, first half particularly. Uh, but they finished the game really strongly. But there's no there's no reasoning behind the slow start. You know, some fans have said, "Oh, you know, Gary Rout got his tactics wrong." Well, I'm absolutely sure that Gary didn't ask them to start slowly or sit deep or all that yeah, type of thing. Of course, he didn't. Uh, he will have known exactly how Reading liked to play. 
but he will have been as surprised as anyone with, with the start the players made. And sometimes it happens. It just happens and there's no logic behind it. And the players probably couldn't tell you why either. It's just something that does happen. You know, they're, they're not machines. You know, I think we, we expect them to just roll on and you know, performance after performance. They're not machines. They do have an off day. Usually if one or two have an off day, you can get round that. But unfortunately in the first half, they all had an off day at once. And... Uh, that say that was really costly. And we should just say on Richard Keogh as well, as, as we record this, um, the extent of his injury hasn't yet been confirmed, but it, it's looking unlikely that he'll, he'll um, join up with the Republic of Ireland squad for their crucial World Cup playoff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a bit strange if you see Richard injured, really, because he's, yeah. he, you know, he, he's, he's very much a regular and he's always out there. Uh, and he looked gutted, to be fair to him, when he, you know, because he had such. You know, real desire. You know, again, some some critics say he's not a leader, but but he might not be a leader in 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 what we used to know as leaders, that typical leader. But he does lead in his own way, and uh, and you know, he's he's desperate to play for Derby County. He's desperate to be out there every game. So it'll be interesting to see how long he is out. But as you say, it, it looks like he'll miss the Island games. And, and we've talked about Derby missing Richard Keogh. Um, and now moving on, I'd like to talk about whether or how much Derby missed Joe Ledley. Um, it seems strange to say that, considering he's not been at the club that long. Yeah. But um, he he was uh, Derby unbeaten since Ledley's been in the team in six matches. Uh, they, they'd only conceded a couple of goals in that time, um, but he was uh, ruled out of the game due to a hamstring injury that he picked up um, against Leeds. Yeah. Uh... Again, it, it, it's really easy to say they missed him because that's all, that would be obvious. But actually, you know, in my opinion, they did. Now, you could say, well, how can they miss a player so much when he's only been here a handful of weeks? Well, that that, that would be a concern. Uh, but I often think with Joe Ledley and someone like John Eustace in previous years, you only appreciate them fully when they're not in the team. So, so when they are in the team, please appreciate them fully, what they do, because when they're missing... It's obvious, and what he does is he basically does the simple things really, really well. And his know-how, same with John Eustace, of, of knowing where to be and when to be there, and 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 that's absolutely crucial. And I think he has helped Tom Huddleston. I think Tom suffered without him on Saturday, uh, and he also helped as as a shield in front of the back four. And and every back four needs a shield, you know. Some fans have said to me, "Well, how can the back four completely fall apart without a shield? You know, surely they can do the defensive work themselves. Of course they can, but every back four needs a shield, and 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 Joe has been providing that with Tom Huddleston. Again, he's been getting some stick, but he's the two of them have been providing that. And as you say, they uh, in his six starts, Joe Ledley hadn't tasted defeat. And again, talking to Curtis Davis in the build-up to the game, he he was um, waxing lyrical about Joe Ledley and and saying how helpful he'd been to the back four and talked about a block of four him and, him yeah. and Richard Keogh yeah. and Tom Huddleston and Joe Ledley in front of them really really kind of getting that sort of solid spine to the team really yeah. um, and obviously we, we have Bradley Johnson was, was back in that position um, on Saturday and, and, and obviously no disrespect to him but he's a different player and, and just recently he's been you know 
he's been able to get forward a lot more, hasn't he? And it's a different role for him. Very different. And, uh, you know, again, this throws up the argument about Gary Rowett's selection, you know, team selection. Gary, Gary had a, a ready replacement in George Thorne for Joe Ledley. Now, Gary, to be fair to him, has, has explained fully the situation with George Thorne. You know, he, he's been out a long time. He feels he needs more minutes on the pitch, but it, but it's not really helping him just to get a few minutes here and there. So, should he have thrown him straight in? Uh, I wouldn't have done. Uh, and the reason why, well, twofold really. One is because Bradley Johnson deserved to stay in the team after his performance at Leeds and Norwich. But as you said, he played in a, in a very different position. So he still deserved to be in the team. And, and two, Gary Rowett at home wanted to play with two recognised wide players to get at Reading, which didn't work in the end, but that's what he wanted in Lawrence and Russell, uh, neither of who had a particularly good games. Uh, so I can understand Gary Rowett's thinking there. It made, it made sense what he, was, what he was thinking. But as you say, Bradley Johnson it isn't his position. It's not his strongest position. We now know what his strongest position is. Uh, so, and I think that affected Tom Huddleston as well. So the dynamic of the midfield changed, and, and certainly uh, Red embossed uh, that area of the pitch. Yeah, um, I mean we've, we've talked about the team selection. Probably the biggest decision that Gora had to make was was in the forward positions and who he was going to pick, um, because um, he'd got a number of options, and, and there'd been pe- a lot of people who'd been chipping in with goals. Yeah, I, I, this was when we said last week. This is always going to be a tough decision for Gaz. I, I don't. Uh, the only way he, he was going to win with his call was was to win the game, and he didn't. He lost the game, so straight away the finger was being pointed at his, at his team selection. Uh, I'm not being clever after the event because I wrote in the Telegraph on Friday before the game that I would have gone with Winnell and Vidra. The, the thinking behind that was. You couldn't leave Winnell out, and this is what Gary Rowett said after the Reading game. You couldn't leave him out if he scored three goals in two games and been the match winner in two games. To leave him out would have said, as, as Gary mentioned, basically said to him, "Look, don't matter what you do, you're a sub." Now that would have been totally unfair and, and would have been very deflating yeah, for, for the player. So he had to start, I think. Uh, but what was interesting was at Leeds. Uh, there was still that feeling that, that, that the balance of the front two wasn't right and they didn't have that natural number 10 to link play. And that's why I thought he should have gone with Vidra. Now, Gary Rout says Vidra has got uh, a slight calf strain, uh, so which is fine. Uh, I still think if you name somebody on the bench, that, to me, says they're available to be on the pitch. I don't understand naming a sub with a calf strain if you don't think he's right to be on the pitch. So... I would have started Vidra. I'd have seen how he went. I think he would have given them different balance. The the the, the Nugent Winnell partnership for me uh, doesn't look like a pairing to me. You know, Nugent Vidra, you can see the pairing. Martin Vidra, Martin Winnell, whatever you can see a pairing. But but Nugent and and, and Winnell, both runners, both like to chase defenders down. None of them likes to come short and, and link play and hold hold the ball. So I, I don't see that as a pairing. And that's why the balance, when Gary named his team, didn't look right. Uh, I understand why he went for Nugent. You know, he did really well at Norwich. Uh, I think Gary Rowett said it was arguably one of his best performances for Derby. Scored a super goal. And, and it's unfortunate, you know, he was ill for the Leeds game, else he would have started. I understand that. But having, you know, then brought in and Chris Martin for... for 
for the Leeds game and, and Chris did well there then he, he, he left him out again and again I'm not sure that sends the right message to, to Chris either who I thought did well when he came in against Reading so the, the whole the whole selection process over the strikers was always going to be tough and I say the only way Gary Rowett would have been applauded on his on his uh, decision selection decisions was if Derby won and I suppose the, the problem now for someone like Sam Winnell is he's probably thinking if I go if I have one game and I don't score a goal then I yeah. could find myself out of the team again which yeah. which is not a great uh, situation no you, see, you, you don't need that extra baggage going yeah. into a game you know and uh, that's what he w- that's what he will be thinking uh, but yeah, I think I think the Vidra thing puzzled fans. As I say, uh, having him on the bench, not starting the first of all, then having him on the bench, then not using him. Uh, but again, I, I thought Gary Rowett's explanation for that after the game was, was understandable because at three nil down, a four one down, do you then put Vidra on with the risk that the calf injury might get worse? I can understand him not going for it then, but as I say. I would have started him anyway because I think he gives whichever pairing they have with him the the better balance. And just on someone, I mean, we, we should probably we we should probably talk about Leeds a little bit as well because obviously our last uh, podcast was was before them. Mm. Uh, I know it's been all doom and gloom so far, <laughs> but of course they had a very good two-one win at, at Leeds uh, coming from behind and. And and Sam Winnell got both the goals, so he's he's proved a, a good addition. So. Oh yeah, I thought. I mean. Particularly liked his, his his first goal at Leeds. Particularly liked that. I thought it was a really good move. Uh, Tom Huddleston, who we will probably talk about in a minute, because he, he does seem to be uh, getting a bit of stick at the moment from some supporters. A uh, uh, good pass to release Craig Forsyth. Super cross from Craig Forsyth. Just what you want as a striker. Inviting. Go and put the ball in the net. And and, and Winnell's movement. He, you know, fans get the chance to to watch the goal again just watch his movement in the box very clever he goes one way then pulls off in between uh, the the defenders and, and scores and, and that's what he does you know he, he, he poached a goal at Norwich he poached a goal again at, uh, at Leeds so that, that was a super goal and then of course Derby get the penalty and uh, big penalty you know takes some nerve that does at Ellen Road when you know you, you, a penalty to win the game and he was very calm wasn't he yeah. Very calm. I, I, when I first watched, saw it, I thought I actually thought it hit the keeper's legs and gone in. When actually he was very cool the way he just allowed the keeper to to go one way and rolled it the other. Yeah. Well, he obviously feels very comfortable there because he lives in Leeds. <laughs> I spoke to him afterwards, and uh, he said he wasn't sure he'd be able to show his face around his uh, his neighbour. And that was his so, celebration, wasn't it? But indeed, yeah, he sort of uh, yeah covered his covered his face up, and that was what that was what that was all yeah. about. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's interesting on the strikers, if you've got four, and, and, and Gary Rowett thinks he's got four good strikers, then you are going to have a problem because they're not going to score every week. And, and again, it's important that, that sometimes the strikers might do all the donkey work for 70 minutes and wear down the opposition and, 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 and kind of tire out defenders, and then other strikers come on and, and finish the job off with goals and, and then the following week might be the other, other way around so you do need of course more than two two strikers just a word on Chris Martin yeah, as so I say I, I, I thought it was a bit unlucky for him really I, I, I never felt Chris would start against Reading but the more I think about it if your two strikers have, uh, that you've selected have gone to Leeds and done a really good job in a 2-1 win then if you've got that if, if competition is genuine competition then 
why not start them again for an hour and see how they go? And then you've still got Nugent and, and Vidra. And I think for someone like Chris, who's had a, a difficult season, he admitted it himself, he's had a difficult season because he's, he's been a kind of bit part player. He's, he's started very few games. Uh, I, I think, you know, that... That, that was another tough one for him. Uh, he's handling it very well, I think. Uh, and I was delighted to see him get his goal as well because I do feel, and I've said this all along with Chris, if he starts on a regular basis, he, he will score goals. Well, I was going to go on to that. and he Obviously, in the context of the game, it was a goal of, of little consequence because it uh, came very late on and it was just a consolation in the 4-2 defeat. But... But it will be a big goal for Chris Martin because um, we, you know we don't want to keep banging on about it. We won't have to anymore. No. But his, his, um, it was his first goal in a Derby County shirt since April 2016. 16, yeah, yeah. Was it 30 games? Was it? Did we 30 say? games. 30 for games. Derby. Yeah. Of course, in between that, he's he's been on loan at, at, at Fulham, so that accounts for some of the time. He's he's also played for Scotland. And he's actually scored for Scotland in that time, but. But his previous goal for Derby was in a 4-0 win against Hull at Pride Park um, towards the end of that uh, 2015-16 campaign. And, and for a player who you know, has scored so many goals for Derby and been their top scorer for, for three three years running, um, that's, a, that's a long time to go without a goal. And I know there are mitigating circumstances because mm. obviously he's, um, he's found himself on the bench quite a bit this season. But um, he'll, have, um, he'll have been delighted to get. Yeah, and what, what's interesting, I, I, and I think, you know, Derby's next game, of course, is away at Fulham. I'm sure some Fulham fans will be thinking already that it's a certainty Chris Martin will return to Craven Cottage yeah. and score against them. So maybe, you know, when you're thinking about team selection, yeah. maybe that's a cute move. You know, possible cute move. You put him out happen, there. You see it happen so many times. Yeah, and, and Chrissy will be well up for that, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure some Fulham fans will be. Dreading the possibility of that happening, but you know it's, it's good he scored, good ball in by Andre Wisdom, by the way, for for that goal. Uh, but I I, I say I've, I've backed him all along, Chris. I do believe he'll score goals, but he's got to start on a regular basis. And this is a dilemma that Gary Rowett has got, of course. You know, because he's got these four four forwards, if you like, and he's only got two places up for grabs. And and whichever two he picks, the important thing out of it all is getting the balance right. Um, you said you wanted to talk about Tom Huddleston. Yeah, I did yeah, yeah, because we've talked about him quite a bit this season. I, you know, I, I do hope he's not becoming the big debate each week, Tom. Yeah. Uh, uh, because you know, the Tom Huddleston I'm seeing at the moment isn't different to the Tom Huddleston I expected when he came back. You know, uh, whether other people are expecting different things from Tom Huddleston, I'm not sure. That that that's that's stuff for them to to them to say, but. You know, his strengths are his strengths, and they've always been his strengths. His composure on the ball, his control, his vision, and his range of passing. They've always been his strengths. Tearing around the pitch, closing opponents down, winning tackles, winning headers, they've not been his strengths. So, you, you bring him in, and I said, I keep going back to this, and I said it right at the start when they signed him, the balance has got to be absolutely right. He needs legs with him in midfield. He needs balance in there as well, you know, just to help him kind of produce what, what, what he can. And at the moment... And, and for much of the season, I, I don't think he's had that. I don't think he's had that around him. And I think that's he's he suffered because of that. Whether or not Derby can find that balance with, with the current squad they've got, it is it, very much open to debate. Uh, I'm not sure it, that other type of midfield they're looking for is currently in the squad. 
So you're uh, saying it's, it's something they might have to look at in abs- Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, they tried to do it in, in, in summers, we know, and, and, and Kifton Bell from Birmingham was the one they wanted. Whether he's still the one they want, I, I don't know. I've not asked Gary about that recently. I'm sure I will do in, in coming weeks. Uh, but I, I would expect them to add something different in, in the centre of midfield because Ledley and Huddleston done really well. You know, we must say that really, really well. You've then got George Stone as well. But you'll always get games like Saturday where it doesn't really suit them, where, where you have the opposition who will pop the ball back quickly around midfield and, and it catches them out. Yeah. And that's where balance comes in. So, yeah, I would, I would expect them to, to look at that department of the, of the pitch. Uh, but, you know, talk, going back to Tom Huddleston, you know, we've got to remember, at Norwich he had a hand in, in, in Derby's first goal, cleverly. Yeah. He had a hand in the first goal at Leeds... He didn't have a great time against Reading, you know, but but that's going to happen, as I say, and 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 one of the main reasons for that has, has to be down to balance. He almost scored the goal of the season contest as well. Which game was that? In? Was that his volley? The volley, yeah. It's Norwich, I think. Norwich away. Norwich, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, he's capable of that. From about you know, five yards, and he, he hits the ball so sweetly. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not. I hope it's not affected his confidence because he's he, he can strike a ball really well. Doesn't do it enough for me, you know. If I if. No, he hasn't. Yeah, we, we, which for someone who strikes the ball as beautifully yeah. as him, yeah. really, you know, he, he should do. And if he was sat here now, uh, you know, I'll be saying to one of the things I'd say to him was, "Look, you, when you get when you get a sight of goal, have a go because he, he, he can ping the ball." So hopefully that will be the case. But you know, it probably takes us on to new signings as, as well, really, because yeah. another lad, well, another of the players who's, who's struggling a bit is Tom Lawrence. Yeah. You know. Uh, Seven million or deal worth seven million from, from Leicester, the big signing of the summer, and uh, you know he, he for me he's kind of flitted in and out of games. He had a really good game against Hull, I think, yeah. when he couple of assists, he supple- yeah, yeah assists and 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 he he always he looks a threat yeah. every time I see him he looks a threat, but at the moment there's no end product real end product there, and uh, you know he he needs something. To go his way, whether it's a, go- a goal, probably will really I help. He, I think he's going to be a confidence player by the looks mm-hmm. of it. We saw what he did at Ipswich last season. Yeah. He obviously got on a roll and just kept going, and that's why I think I really hope you know the Derby fans sort of stick with him and don't don't sort of get mm-hmm. on his back because because uh, I think he's he, he's one of those players that's going to the, the way that he plays. He needs things to be going his way, as you say, um, and I think. I think Gary Rout is going to stick with him. I'm not sure it is, yeah. but I, c- I could see that because because of what he potentially can bring to the team. Yeah. Um, now, whether you know whether he, whether at some point he looks about looks at sort of taking him out and giving him a breather or, or whatever, I don't know. But but there's certainly the potential there, isn't there? Just oh yeah, I mean, I say I, when you pay that money, yeah, you want to see. Something and and fans there. will want. The old yeah, fans have just started to kind of chip in and kind of say, well, you know, we need to see a bit more. Yeah. Uh, and what what I will say about Tom Lawrence though is he doesn't hide. No. He, uh, he's not. He's never hidden in games when things aren't going well. He, you always see him wanting it, trying things. You know, trying too hard sometimes. Uh, I thought his free kicks. You know, the one second half. You know, one first half. He, I'm sure he got caught between having a goal or, or curling the ball towards the back post, and, and he just went out of play. And then second half, you know, he's he, he tried almost that Ronaldo style. Kicking of the ball, you know, uh, 
and, and it was it was it was hopelessly off target. But it's amazing uh, isn't it? when when thing when when yeah. the team's having a bad day, yeah. things just, like that, yeah. they never come. They yeah. never come off. Often when you're two or three up, they go in the exactly. top corner, you know. Exactly. But yeah, I say credit to him. He he hasn't hidden. He he continues to want the ball. He, he continues to to work hard and try hard. Uh, not the best tackler in the world. I must admit, gives away too many free kicks, and he's just to kind of cut them down. Because I thought first half Derby Derby's play lacked discipline against Reading. They conceded far too many free kicks. And they all got a bit frustrated, so he's just got to curb that a little bit. But you know, I keep saying I'm, I'm waiting for that moment when the when the net billows from him. I'm sure he, it will happen, but uh, he'll be thinking just now. He hopes it happens quite soon. So obviously, um, the defeat to Reading ended their unbeaten run, Derby, and they're out of the top six uh, after Middlesbrough uh, beat Sunderland on Sunday. So Derby going to the last international break of the year. Just outside the playoff places in seventh, although they've still got a game in hand over the teams above them. Um, Fifteen league games gone. That's just about a third of the season. Um, how do you reflect on uh, what we've seen so far? Well, I think again, I wrote in the Telegraph. I think the important thing after reading is perspective. First of all, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. It feels like that, and I say I think that's because it was a home defeat before the break. But it's not all doom and gloom. It can't be when you've just been seven unbeaten and four straight wins. You know they've climbed from 14th or 15th after the uh, where they were after the defeat of Bristol City. Uh, they climbed into the top six. They've just slipped out now uh, because of Middlesbrough's uh, victory over Sunderland. As you say, they've still got a game in hand, uh, so that could be important. I think they've got, without checking, it's like five of the next eight games are at home because they've got that home game to catch up sure. so that's interesting because uh, despite what happened against Reading they are they are strong at home uh, so yeah perspective is very very important uh, of course there's stuff to work on you know they're not a finished article by any means nowhere near uh, but they have proved that uh, they can win matches they can pick up points uh, they can they can they, they, they can be more resilient. Although I say we didn't see that against Reading on Saturday, but we certainly saw that at Leeds and at Norwich and at Cardiff. So they were they were good results. Uh, I say it, when we walked out of Ashton Gate some weeks ago, I think it was about seven weeks ago. We weren't too sure which way the team was going. We weren't sure whether they were going up or whether they were going to slide backwards, you know, and towards uh, the bottom three because. At that stage, they were far too inconsistent. Uh, they were inconsistent from game to game and in games as well, as we saw at Bristol City. Uh, and something had to change. And yeah. I asked Gary Rowe at this and whether he felt the Bristol City game was a turning point. He didn't quite agree or go that far, but he, he certainly mentioned uh, a, a meeting they had in the dressing room when I'm sure these types of meetings always clear the air a little bit and kind of focus everybody on, on, on what's needed and certainly from that moment on you know the run they went on it's, and it's no mean achievement to go seven unbeaten in the championship like they did uh, the run they went on w- w- was really good you know it wasn't always convincing you know in fact most of the performances haven't been convincing so in some ways what happened against Reading is not a major surprise because 
it seemed to me that that result was always lurking round the corner, possibly. And we have to remember, of course, Reading got to the playoff final last yeah. year and then lost to Huddersfield. Yeah, they've got, some, they've got some good players. Yeah. And, and where they are in the table, I think Gary Rowe said it, is false. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Derby, you know, we went to Norwich, we went to Leeds, and you know the Norwich game could have been very different. The Leeds game could have been different, you know, if it, the one nil up Leeds, and if, if the referee sees Andre Wisdom's tug or such on, on on the Leeds player, virtually on the goal line, that could have been a penalty. Although the Leeds player didn't really help himself by throwing himself to the ground, but Andre was in a bad position and he did put two hands on the player, so that could easily have been a penalty. That could have been game over, not far off. Norwich, we know about the Scott Carson incident, that would have been a red card also. So the, the as good a run as they've been on, it wasn't always convincing. So it did. It was a little worry, just round the corner, that, that that something wouldn't go well, and that's why I said I would have taken the draw ahead of the Reading game. I mean, I, I think it, it looks like it's going to be a season of ifs, buts, and maybe's, and, and very fine margins, as, as yeah. we often say in yeah. this division. Um, and even now, if you look at if you look at the league table, Derby Derby is seventh with twenty five points. You go down. There's only four points between them and fifteenth place, um, and I know we're still early, relatively early in the season, but um, but I, th- I think in general terms they seem to be heading in the right direction. I mean, they played, they went to Leeds and and, and played the Leeds team who started the season like a house on fire, but have, have faded badly in, in recent weeks, and and Derby sort of passed them on the way down, if you like. Um, you know, both literally and, and metaphorically, mm. and and I think you'd rather be in that position where you're you're in the ascendancy as such. Uh, I know, obviously, the Reading result was a setback, but looking at the recent run of results, um, you have to say it's a it's a good run, and that they're in a far better position now oh, yeah. uh, than they yeah. were a, a few weeks back. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I say, uh, you know, in this division, you need a lot of things to go your way to get to get a win, and and. Yes, they've had the rub of the green, uh, but all teams do. But Derby have had it during, during that run. Uh, they've also played some good stuff at times, not so good stuff at other times. Uh, they've shown they can score goals. They've shown actually they can be tight at the back again. That's why it was a surprise to concede four against Reading because that hasn't. I think they conceded something like four in the previous eight games before that. So they've shown they can do that. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt that the. They've moved in the right direction. I think. I think what we're seeing from them, though, is, is what we'll see for much of the season. I, I think some fans are waiting for them to suddenly start producing this wonderful flowing football, you know. But actually, I think, and I said this right at the start under Gary. I, I think Gary's team would be very, very different to Steve McLaren's team. Very, very different, and they will win games uh, in the manner he thinks will get the result. And and you know. Would uh, would Steve McLaren's team dug out the two one win at, at Leeds after going the goal down? Not too sure, you know. So I can see what he's trying to do. I think earlier in the season we weren't quite clear of, of where we were going and what the what the thinking was and what the style or philosophy was. But I think we're we're a bit clearer now, seeing in, in, in the way he wants to, wants to play. Uh, I say there's still a lot of work to do, but I think they're in a I think they're in a good position with that game in hand, and and what's interesting, I think, is that 
a number of the clubs you thought might be up there are just starting to to move into position. Villa are there now uh, after a shaky start. Middlesbrough also in there. You know, uh, Wolves are in there. David mentioned Forest. Well, Forest are again a little they're in a, in, in a little collection of clubs just below Derby. Very, very, you know, they're just edging forward as well. Uh, Leeds are, are up there. Uh, you know, Sheffield United done terrifically well. Bristol City are in there. So it's just starting to take. I always believe after 15 games, it take it starts to take shape. And, and I keep using the stat that on average, four of the top six teams, or sorry, four of the teams in the top six at this stage of the season stay in there. So you've only got a two-way swing as such. Uh, so that'll be interesting just as so at the bottom two of the bottom three although the bottom three at this stage last season went down uh, so there's room for, for, for movement in there but I think with the likes of Wolves and Middlesbrough and Villa just flexing their muscles a little bit Sheffield United will be interesting to see how they cope with it all at the moment they've coped wonderfully well uh, and, and Derby you know yeah they've got a lot, a lot of work to do still the balance of the team still doesn't feel right uh, but they've put themselves in a position at this stage to be contenders and, and that's all I expected of them at the start of the season I expected them to compete to challenge for a place in the top six Right, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there unless there's any other business Steve, anything you want to talk about? Or? No, we've not had a postcard from Johnny yet from, from his holidays So, uh, but I say I'm sure he's enjoying it and if you listen to this Johnny you know, have one for us over there <laughs> And um, we'll be back uh, next week with another podcast. We, we won't have a game to talk about, but we'll, we'll be previewing the uh, Derby's trip to Fulham uh, and talking about lots of other rubbish, I'm sure, as usual. Um, in the meantime, um, you can follow um, all our content on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter, at, which is at DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com forward slash Derby Tell DCFC um, and you can keep up to date with all uh, the latest Rams news uh, on our website which is www.derbytelegraph.co.uk um, and you can also find uh, this podcast on both Audio Boom and iTunes if you just search, uh, just search for It's Black and White. Uh, thanks very much for joining us and uh, we'll see you again soon.